Welcome, welcome, welcome to Not Armchair Anonymous. Anonymous. You can't listen to this episode because we're not <laughs> releasing it. So it was so foul. It was so we bad. Decided not release it. No, yeah. that's not the case. You're about to hear an introduction for a new show we're doing called Yearbook with Chad Sanders, who we had on the podcast. We love and adore. He's so smart and talented and creative. And he tells this incredible story about one year in his high school life. Yes. Uh, We've been working on it for a couple of years altogether. Yes. And we're ready to show you. Yes. We're so happy with it. He did a great job. And so what you will hear first is a conversation about how we got into doing this with him. And then you will hear the very first episode of the show and they will be on every Friday on our feed yep and Armchair Anonymous will be back next week yeah so you'll have two episodes every Friday for the next seven weeks congrats well done Although I'm trying to put mine in a different way, and it's hard. So that you can keep your, your yeah. top knot? Do we call that a top knot? Chef. Top knot. Chef. Top chef. <laughs> top knot chef. Tell me more about your sleeping. It's just been bad. But I mean last night specifically. Did you have candy last night? I had one piece of candy. What one? Twizzlers. Oh, Twizzlers yeah, went, wouldn't be my pick. I went Twizzlers because I'm never buying that. Like, well, that's an interesting. I'm never seeking it out, but I do enjoy it. So if it's there. Chad, if you could only, you were only allowed one candy treat last night on Halloween. What would it have been? Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Wow, you guys are both freaks. Nah. Twizzlers and Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. For wow. Halloween only. I like chocolate in my right. normal life. You just have all the options. You got Butterfinger, you got Snickers, Kit Kat, whatchamacallit. I don't like Snickers. Three Musketeers, Milky Way. I do like Three Musketeers and Kit Kat and Twix Mm. and Reese's. But Twizzler. (sighs) But I want Twizzler. Yeah. Do you eat candy, Dax? You're a strapping lad, man. What kind of, what kind of, I knew I was going to feel this when I saw you, but I was like, Dax, you look really strong. Oh, wow. Dax, you look great, man. thank you. Thank you. Well, I got to make up for the fact that I'm not as cute as you. I got to do something with the area I can control. You're cute, Dax. Get out (laughs) of here. Cutest. I know. Uh, Oh, right. We, uh, there's a moratorium on. Yeah, we're trying not to say that anymore about ourselves. That's your cute? That we don't like our looks. Because we were realizing it's gotten to a nauseating level. Or it's just like we've we've ungrateful. We beat the dead horse to death. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, on some level, we think it's really relatable because nobody likes how they look. I mean, even we all know gorgeous people that don't like how they look. Yes, yes, I saw many driving here today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jogging. Yeah, LA's full of them. Mm -hmm. So to recap, we interviewed you February 2021. No, Yeah, 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 yeah. It was COVID. And it was the most lovely interview. I liked you so much. And I did something I've I've never done with a guest, which is I reached out to you afterwards. And I was like, you don't need a mentor. But Mm -hmm. if you have any questions at any point through any of this, I would just love to be available for you. You slid. You slid in my DMs. Mm -hmm. Is that where I approached you? You did. Okay. (laughs) Not not what you were looking for in your DMs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, It was one of those moments where... The thing that I was hoping would happen, happened. I was probably going to try to follow up with you and establish some kind of connection if you were open to it. Yeah. Um, which is can be hit or miss with people. You know, people are busy. And yeah, yeah. like I went, I think I might have even gone to DM you and the DM was sitting there. I so beat you to it. it. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> it was special. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So then we just chatted. 
Yeah. And <laughs> what? Ding, ding, ding. I'm Chad. Oh, yes. Chad. Thank you for picking up on that. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. Uh, it's, or, it's so early it was for really me. Good. It, was, it was a wild night last night. Uh, <laughs> sober Halloween. Yeah. It went hard. Uh, but we started chatting, and then I had no like uh, selfish motivation to get you under the umbrella. But yeah. then when you seemed open to that, I was like, oh, well, well that would be incredible. And I, I would love to do that. Uh, we both would love to do that with you. Yeah. So then we started talking about well, what would we do? And I can't even really remember how we stumbled upon this. You came this. up with some ideas for us. I did. I had, you know, I could pretend like I just magically came up with those in the moment, but I... When I my book was coming out, which is how I ended up on the show, exactly. Black Magic. Yes, and still read it. Oh, thank still you. buy it. Oh yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Please it's still do that, y'all. It's still yeah. available. It's still you know kind of buzzing and doing its thing. But I wanted to have you know people give you advice, like have your stuff ready to go when Windows open. Yeah, yeah. And I pitched. I think I might have pitched you all maybe like three or four concepts. Uh huh. Yes. And um, as it happens, you all were just like. No, that's the one. Ding, that one right there. Well, there was some really weird overlap because it was also one of your ideas was, was loosely related to an idea I also wanted to explore. Right. So I thought, oh, well, this would be amazing. And then in the dream outcome, you would do your version and yeah. then I would do my version at some point and Monica would do her version and we'd have guests we have and then seasons. So we have collectively all yeah. created this together yes. and we'll produce this together. And, and should this all go as we would hope we'll get to hear other people's story of the same era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I would add all of that has truly taken place over the last two and a half years. You know, this yeah. has been, it's not one of those things where it's like someone starts something two years ago and then they finish it two years later in a month. It has evolved over these last two and a half years, including my going down to Maryland for a month to live there in 2022 yeah among the many of the people who are featured in the show so and when we talked ideas there were easy versions and there were hard versions and this was certainly the hardest version this yes. is a full on investigative <laughs> journalist piece that took months and months and tons of interviews and really submerging yourself back in the place the story takes place it is one of you had what I thought is the best casing for what exactly this is, like the Hollywood pitch version, which is serial meets Friday Night Lights. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably in the reverse order in terms of the proportions. It's it is more high school nostalgia than it is true crime. Yes. Um, but it has elements of both. Yes. It does. And then an element that appealed to me uh greatly was I think all of us have a story. I certainly have a story mm. of the year I became who I am, like the person that's still here. The day I kind of figure, not the day, but the year that I figured out, oh, I see my lane finally. I know what my niche is and I'm going to commit to this and invest in this niche. And for me, it's seventh grade. That was the year in Your my identity mind. identity was cemented. My identity was formed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying a bunch of different stuff on and then I met Aaron and I was like, oh no, this is what I... I'm all about. Mm. And for you, what grade was that? It was this one. It was uh, 11th grade, which is what is chronicled here in this piece. And it was that for a few reasons. The set pieces here are my best friend died that year um, in a terrible, tragic car collision that I'm still processing to this day. Every time someone dies or every time I lose someone in any way. But this person was a soulmate. Yeah. She, yeah. I mean, she yeah. was my 
friend, when people say best friend, I know people use the term loosely. I knew her from birth. Her older sister and my older sister were in pre-K together. Uh And so we were just put together as, you know, friends and like you said, soulmates, kind of like the way that you two are. And um, layered on top of that is that I, as a kid, like I had a crush on her and and an unexplored crush. We get to really deep dive into that during this whole process. One of the beautiful things, sorry to go on tangents, but that's what we do. One of the beautiful things about this show is you discovering things in real time. And that was our hope, right? Is that, yeah, it's not just look at this year of mine. It's you looking back at the year and and understanding, oh, was I right about some of this stuff? Or, oh, wow, I had this thought then. But now in retrospect, I can see actually it was this. Like, it's a real true exploration that I think so many people can relate to. Well, yeah, you have the story in your mind, but then you go start talking to other characters in the story and it turns out, well, maybe that's not the same story. And then you got to start kind of wondering, huh, that's interesting. And then you're learning stuff real time. Yeah. And, you know, they are not just ancillary characters. Like they are the people who were right there at ground zero, so to speak. We're talking about Alicia's parents. That's Alicia is the deceased. We're talking about best friends, my own parents, my own sister. A part of this story is also that the tragedy of Alicia's death is immediately followed by my high school basketball team, which I'm a part of, going to the state. I'll kind of trail off how far we get, but yeah, having a hugely successful season. and Going being, on a run. Yeah, and like being the Beatles in our hometown, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to be a teenager processing grief, and all of a sudden I'm thrown into like this, you know, hyper masculine <laughs> yeah like little fame bubble and it's yeah. um it's just a you know, as high school is it's just like such a concoction of feelings yeah that that goes crazy and throughout it is so many questions of identity yes like we're saying these are the, the years we think we kind of cemented our identity and so yeah really figuring out who you are in the world is so relatable I think when we are capturing these particular years for this series, like for me, like you said, is 11th grade for you, 7th grade. The reason why I chose this year, and I didn't even choose it. It's just the story that I keep replaying over and over and over again in my head to this day. As a, I'm a 35-year-old now. I was 15 at the time, so it's 20 years. And it's because even when things happen to me now, I'm reaching back into moments from that year for my identity. As an example... If I get bullied today, I think about a moment that is in this show and how I responded then as a 15-year-old and I try to go recover some of the bravery I had then. If something happens in my life that is racial, like if I'm in a if I'm in a white environment and I'm a black ding, person. Ding ding ding. Yeah. Like Well <laughs> it's a diverse crowd. It's a, it's a diverse crowd. Yeah. But like, you know, you come, come in the uh Dax Shepherd household and you just like a monster a truck outside. Yeah. Like, really a paradise. No, but I, you know. I feel like it formed me this year. And we're also, you know, we're bearing a lead here, which is that also I was one of many witnesses to a very terrible crime, a murder, a that, murder. that year in front of my high school. You got your whole life in one year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got a whole life in one year. That's well put. <laughs> yeah. Every single experience you could have, like deep heartbreak of horrible, horrific violence, fucking glory on the basketball court. Yes. Anything life could throw at you, threw at you that year. Yeah. yeah. And like- you know, that's the year that I lost my virginity. That's the year that I got a driver's license. We start yeah. driving around, you know, we're a bunch of knucklehead 16-year-old dudes on a basketball team, like with car keys now, you yeah. know, go, <laughs> yeah. go up to house parties and stuff like that. And <laughs> another 
part of the context to this show that I think is important is I had never experienced death before. I had never encountered death in a real way. I had lost relatives who I was not close to. Yeah. I had never lost someone close to me. But in the national context, the Pentagon and 9-11 had just been a few years ago. And, you know, I, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is very close to the Pentagon. Columbine High School had happened in 1999. So that was just a few years prior. So there was high school violence happening. It was starting to enter the zeitgeist. And then the DC sniper, which I don't know if people remember who aren't from DC, but I like, do. yeah, there was five minute walk from my high school. There was someone was a part was of that, that. The father and son combo. They were, it was a, I think it was a stepfather the and son. Stepfather. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. The wicked stepfathers. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember during that season of life, even with the DC sniper, Kids couldn't go to the prom. Kids couldn't go to football practice. Football practice was happening in gyms. People were running, you know, running around like from the car to the gas tank and back, like hiding, ducking underneath windows oh and stuff. God. But you're a kid. So it all just seemed like, it almost seemed like play Pretend. play. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like for fun. Well, yeah. you're, at, you're at apex immortality. Yeah. Exactly. You might witness a bunch of people get killed around you, but even your mind like, but yeah, but I'll witness that and I'll be the one that gets out. Because I'm the main storyteller. That's yes. right. They can't kill the hero of the story. You're the character <laughs> in the video game. <laughs> it's yes. too early. Yeah. It's, this is all happening to cultivate my story. Exactly. Like, and, 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 <laughs> and I would say going back and to give some of the tapestry of the show, the story is told through the eyes and through conversations between me and people who were all there. I would say maybe 25 to 30 people who were all there. In having those conversations, I learn how much I am not special in that that year stuck with people. I did these interviews right after COVID. In fact, right after COVID. Um, Depending on how you look at it, COVID is still yeah. going on, but it ended in Tennessee on um, April 40th. Yeah, okay, great. Exactly. All right. I'm so glad that's behind us. <laughs> like, you know, there are people who had lost relatives in COVID who are three months removed from that experience and now talking about how losing Alicia back then is affecting the ways that they process grief oh. to this day. And I would add also, like, this is not a sob piece. It's not no. somber. I, I want to make that really, really clear yeah. that when we first started this process, we were so explicit. This cannot be super saccharine. Yeah. This can't be a sob story, even though there's tons of sadness and that there's tons of light. High school's fucking fun. It is. It's crazy. And we get to have that too. Yeah. That's like, I would say the tone that I have now is the tone is the tone of the show. Which for us, luckily, works perfectly with ours, which is there's like some poignance, there's some irreverence, there's some fun, there's some humor, and then there's some super real, real moments. I guess everybody thinks their hometown is special, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but I know that I feel that way. There are 25 or so people whose voices are in this thing. I would say 20 of them I still talk to on a semi-regular basis. Uh You know, I still have... Lale, who's in there, she she used to run like the fashion show, Fashion X at our high school. We went to an art high school. I just called her on the way here to be like, should I wear this uh, funky dog chain necklace uh-huh. or should I wear it? Because she like, she styles me for stuff. Yeah. Um, the, bas- the guys on the basketball team, I still FaceTime with those dudes every day. I still yeah. play basketball with them. Alicia's parents, I the way that I dropped in on her house to go do these interviews, I could drop in there to get dinner, you know, anytime I go back to Maryland and I either that's just circumstantial or these events of this year actually truly did bind us in a way that is is something. Yeah. Yeah. 
I actually decided before I came here today, I this is a new thing in my life right now. I was like, I'm going to do my job, but I spend so much time talking and writing about race. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. leave it in the work a little bit. And like, uh-huh. You know who really wrestled with that and was a big portion of our interview is Jordan Peele. Really? Yes, because here he does the most profound work on it all of all time in the movies yeah. for sure in my opinion yeah, yeah and so. then there's this maybe internal poll I, I can't make everything about race yet he's so good at talking about race should he not you know like just right. the, the the internal dilemma of it it can be a feature if you so choose to use it like i think i'm among the best uh writers at that particular subject genre when it comes to black experiences like yeah. i'm not a um social scientist or anything like that but like pretty good at describing experience and yes. it's funny because something i will never forget that you also there's there's a couple of things from when you reached out to me dax that yeah, yeah, yeah. i i liked i got a hunch of what one you're gonna bring up go <laughs> do you know this one i mean you said to me you were like i can't remember I want how you, you to have said legs it. long beyond yeah. the moment of blackness is what's in the zeitgeist like i want you to have a long and voice. It, it resonated because it was already in my heart you know what uh -huh. I mean? It was all, and you knew that you could see me. You yeah, saw, yeah, you were yeah, like, yeah. oh, this dude, he can do something that is going to be, I don't want to say bigger, but has more dimensions than yeah. just writing and talking about race. That's the fucking both sides of the coin with you, Dax, which is like, most people would not be bold to enough to say that to me. Right. But it was something I needed to hear in that moment. And so I don't know what you do with that. Like, it's just, it's yeah, who I you are. Yeah. I just, I, what I felt was just remember the stories you're telling. They're very human stories. And especially when I, like, I'm listening to your year that changes yeah. your life. Like the stuff with masculinity was so my experience. And you talked about it openly when I interviewed you, which was so fun is that you're like, I, you know, I was warned, like, don't get in here, start laughing with the white folk. And I'm like, yeah, you have to carry that pressure. I have this weird yeah. hillbilly blue collar fuck rich people like i got a thing too i gotta hold up yeah and it's like we all got these fucking things we're holding we're trying to make peace with all these right. elements in what like in our heart might not match what context we were born into you and i think you you almost uniquely wear the complexity of those things that are at odds on your person like you specifically uh-huh in a way that i think in a way that I really do think draws people in. Like, I'm not here to, to um, butter up you two. Yeah, I only got one other nice thing to say to y'all. Let me just get, let me just fucking get it out the way. The thing is, like, I, I know you guys probably know this about what you've built here, but this is, this is something I've looked forward to since February 2021. My book tour took place in my office in New York. Right. On Zoom screens. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yeah. And you guys made it feel big. You guys are like Madison Square Garden for thinking, Writers. talking, writer people. <laughs> exactly. So like, really nice. So, um, so awesome. I'm just, it's really cool for me to actually get to be in the place. I'm thankful that y'all invited me and Monica has, I don't know how much Monica has portrayed that I, I'm like in Monica's hip pocket all the time. Uh -huh. I'm like, cause I'm like, you know, He's I'm excited. I'm, I'm and excited yeah. and is ready yeah. and we are too. Yeah. So we're happy to have you. Okay, yeah. thank you. Last, that's the last thing I'm going to say. Well, and then <laughs> let, let, I would like to compliment you. Like, you're a real artist. You have a real point of view, and it needs to be serviced, and you shan't compromise it, nor should you. Mm. And I know that you and I have a similar, mm, I'll say for me what it's derived from is an insecurity, which is like, notes don't sit well with me. Ooh, <laughs> notes yeah. shake my own confidence, and uh -huh. like, I'm barely teetering on the, the, the thought that I'm worthy of telling a story and other mm. people listen. 
And when I hear notes, it starts to shake that already very shaky foundation I'm on. Sure. And so I, I just maybe projected, but I think we have the same sensitivity. And so when yeah. whenever we had ideas, I knew I was sending it to someone similar to myself. And I was always really, really blown away with your willingness to, if not take it, deduce what was being said and run it through your filter and do some pivots or do some adjustments. I appreciate it. It was that. really impressive. Every time you went back at it, it got better and better. And we mostly, I'd like to say for people who are about to listen to it, Monica and I listened to them together up here. Huh. And after everyone, we were like, wow, it's already like, it's already like pretty it's great. much there it's great. without a lot of work. We are really, really happy with it. And it, you know, this gets revealed, I think, but we did do a pivot. Yeah. In the middle of, of this where we mm. were like, I think we need another dimension here and we need to hear something else and we need to explore another piece that isn't getting explored. And that was a little bit further on in the process. And to your credit, you agreed. Yeah, because it meant a lot more work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it <laughs> And made... a lot more awkward questions. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yes, it's yeah. uncomfortable. It's oh, uncomfortable God, what, yeah. you, what you've had to do. We listened to the last episode and we're just- Crying. Yeah. And yeah. thrilled. Wow. Yeah. Just so yeah. thrilled. It feels so, not to like pat ourselves on the back. It feels so armchair expert to me. It feels <laughs> so much under our umbrella of everything we do, which is like life is fucking complicated and nuanced and there's no good or bad, right or wrong, angel, devil. Like you you really get to see all the pieces. We're just really happy with it. I am too. And I this is a very precious story to me. It involves the life and death of my best friend, my mom is on this project. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it needed to be handled as something precious. And I do think, Dax, to your point, part of that artist impulse, that storyteller impulse, that is part insecurity for sure. The impulse is such that you want to get it out. And that's why I've been chasing, chasing, chasing Monica so much over these last, like, not that she was running, but that's yeah. why I was just, you know, you want to get it out, even if it's not perfect, even if it's at 70% of what it could be. And you all were very thoughtful and measured about making sure that it got to what it should be. And you didn't, in your notes, you didn't ask me to differentize anything. You were opening up new subject headings that needed to be explored so that maybe that 10th person out of 10 could really feel themselves in this project and see themselves there. Well, I hope what was obvious is you gave us the notes to give you. You stumbled upon some things mm. that deserved a lot more. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't known at the beginning and we were just open to the idea that things will present themselves. And they did. When magic happened, mm -hmm. I think we were just always committed to circling that and building that out a little bit. And it was incredibly fun. It, it was so fun to do that with you. That's the most kind of development we've done it on the is, show. It is, it is. <laughs> and most like definitely doc style. I mean, we have been talking since the beginning of our show when we started adding shows doing something more serialized and a little more serial-esque. And so this did feel like the perfect opportunity to do that. But it was scary. It's like, we don't really know. We're just, we just talk. Like, we don't really know how to do that. And is it going to, kind of like when you enter any documentary style, anything, is it going to be anything? Right. We don't know. And we got really lucky. I I'll think. go even further. It was almost the most ideal experience listening to a podcast ever because let's say we were listening to Serial 
And on episode one, something popped up and I was like, God, I'd kill to know more about that. I have no say in that. Right. Yeah. This was like, it was participant <laughs> listening. So I was like, oh my, wait, 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 wait. There's so much there. I want to know more about that. And to be clear on that, Monica already said it, but I just want to rehash. That meant sometimes three months of going back <laughs> yeah, and yeah. having like 10 conversations with people yes. and calling around and to the high school quarterback at this school and someone who was on the palms team at that school and saying, does anybody know how I can reach so-and-so and, -so? and yeah. being thrown around to people's grandmothers and principals. And some of those people ended up in the show. So it wasn't like, just go. No, it was like you a just Washington go change a post. You got a lot of no's. Oh yeah. You did a lot of chasing to, to no end to some extent, but a lot of that came out of that too. Yes. And to speak to the no's really quickly, the no's came because this is not processed. 20 years later, People in my hometown, Silver Spring, Maryland, are still processing. People's lives are still affected here. Yes. And so to that point, like we also wanted to be thoughtful to make sure that we were going to create something here that is journalistically, you know, has its integrity and honest and goes in there and goes there. But that's also going to help people process and not send them backwards, basically. Yes. Well, yes. the fact that you did it is proof that you haven't processed it. Yeah. You wouldn't have taken it on if you understood everything about it. What, right. That would be so boring. When I say I think about those events every single day, still, like, I am telling a full-hearted truth. I talk to Alicia in prayer still as a 35-year-old. You know, yeah. I only knew her until she was 15. Yeah. yeah. So I know... Almost everybody on the show better than I ever really even got to know her. I only now get to know her better through doing the show. We already mentioned it, but it's so true that I'm sure in your mind, your story's so unique. Mine is so unique. But the nostalgia is so, it's so catchy. Yeah. It's all, it it's yeah. all the same shit. Like it you're is. just, you're young and you're figuring out. And yeah, she was only 15. But those first 15 years are much longer than the next 30. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they occupy a bigger percentage of your memory and everything. They're so important. Yes, I think everybody, Everybody knows the scene that is walking into the coolest house party they ever got invited to, right? <laughs> they finally get invited to that party. You walk in either by yourself, God forbid, probably with a couple <laughs> friends. Hopefully. You get in there and you look around and it feels like you're in the arena. It's like, <laughs> where do I stand? Who do I talk to? What do I drink? What do I smoke? Yeah. What like, What's the right alchemy of being myself and being someone else that's going to work for me here? It's a process that you never perfect. No. I think the kids who are all the way at the top of the food chain were still like, well, you're at that party assuming everyone else knows the playbook. Right. And you never yeah. stop to go like, no, everyone in here is as uncertain as I am about what I'm supposed to do next, which is why people do crazy shit at those parties. One guy's like, oh, fuck, I bet if I jump off the roof of this thing in the pool, everyone will like me. I, ooh. You know, no one knows what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. so funny and endearing. It really is. Oh. And then there's the fighting and the masculinity. Oh, I just love it so Can we much. talk about the masculinity yeah, a little bit? Yeah, because yeah. I'm, you know, it's not over. It's not over, no. A couple weeks ago, I was playing basketball and a woman jumped in with us because she worked at the gym and we were short on bodies and she was good. Like she was very good. She guards me. I'm usually the smallest guy out there. And, you know, I, the, I did the wrong combination of something. I was probably too physical. Yeah. And she, she erupted on me. And uh -huh. some of the things she said to me, she, she called me the F word. Uh -huh. She 
uh, you know, yells that I get no pussy, and oh, she's oh, like, oh, I went there. She, and she's like, you got feminine energy, and oh, she like really went, and I'm, and and it kind of like, you know, even today, I was literally just staring at the floor, waiting for it to be over, yeah. you know, because mm. I didn't know what else to do. Mm. I think Dax, I've heard you talk about things like this. Like, I am really pretty solid in my masculinity at this point mm -hmm. but i also know some of those things are sort of true like the part <laughs> about me having something that is like a femininity in my spirit somewhere yes. it's real i'm a, yes. i don't know if I'm, a, I'm a pisces you know? yes. yeah well, and i think that's a i think it is a good thing yeah yes yeah. listen this is another thing i really related to i was listening to it was like girls liked you that they kind did. of becomes yes. very yeah. obvious. Yeah. And the dudes don't like that girls like you. Yeah. And girls like you because you do have a bit of a feminine energy mm. and you have a safety to you oh and you God, feel emotional. feminine energy. <laughs> and that, this is what I mean. And this it, it would be easy to conflate the two. He's super communicative. Yeah. Most uh, boys are not super communicative. Yes. They don't want to look you in the eyes. They want to walk next to you and chat. So just th that's what's feminine <laughs> that about true, it that is that true. you'll sit down with a woman, you'll look her in the eyes, and you can talk for three hours. Yeah. And I think that's really unique for boys. Uh, and I, yes, too, I have that same yeah. thing. There's yeah. an emotive connection there. And yes. Yes. They're talking to you the way they're able to talk to their girlfriends as opposed to when they're talking to the guys like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh-huh. I don't know. Let's go to that party. You know. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Monica, do you corroborate? I always use the word corroborate and sometimes I'm like, am I using this wrong? But I don't care. <laughs> no, Do you right. corroborate this point of view on like, yeah, people throw femininity at boys as an insult. Like yeah. they oh, do it sure. to hurt them, but they're commenting on something I think that is generally aspirational, which is like, maybe you're a little more gentle. Maybe you 100%. are, you're a better Sensitive listener in some way. EQ, That's, high EQ. These are assets. It's a disservice to women. Mm to throw that as an insult to men. Right. It doesn't serve them in the long no, run. Yeah, it's yeah, like, to perpetuate that's a that. compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would get I'm sure that you're the same like I could talk on the phone to girls for three hours straight. You yeah. couldn't get me off the phone. I love talking on the phone. I'm so sad people don't like talking <laughs> yeah, on the know. phone anymore. I know you do like to call. I, I, okay, I actually, I actually wanted to talk about it. So most people who have, most people who have, oh, did you hear the voice crack? Feminine. Most people who listen to all of you all's stuff, all of your canon at this point, have no. I feel like I have the unique experience of. Getting to relate to Monica as Monica the executive, yeah, which has been quite <laughs> it's been very enjoyable to witness Monica the executive because you know, Monica, you're so you do have such a disarming presence, you're an excellent listener. Thank you do everything Dax just said that he and I do, basically, but like better. Like, Thank you look people you. in the eye, you listen, and you ask really good questions, and you're disarming. You're you're very comforting, also. You have the executive function, which is like, you are not to be sped up. If I call you 10 times and text you 10 times in a week, you're going to respond as you think is responsible. You're not going to like make bad decisions for the business or for the show because I'm like yeah. so thirsty, you know? And I, I think that's a, <laughs> I just want to chronicle it here because it's a part of you that nobody's going to get to watch you be an executive because that's not yeah. something you really like. Broadcast. She's a boss. In she's the simplest term, boss. she's a yeah. big time Thanks. boss. I was like, yeah. I want to be more like that. Me around too, which people don't get to see. Yeah. Well, I guess I get to hear it a little bit, but that's very nice. Thank you. The best compliment I ever got. I don't know if I've said it on here before. 
before, but Emma, our assistant, mm. when she took on the role of starting to answer emails and stuff that I, I was answering, I was like, can you just make sure you answer all the emails first? And then if <laughs> if you need me to step in, like if they're pushing back on you, I mean, we have a lot of publicists and stuff. They're pushing back on you, CC me, I'll step in. And she was like, the way you respond to these publicists <laughs> is so both cutthroat and nice that there's nothing for them to do. Like, there's nothing left to do. I think it's they can't fair, but you. firm as hell. Yeah. Fair yeah. and firm. I mean, it's just direct. It's just very direct. You you leave so very little space for misunderstanding or like squirreling. You know how people yeah. will try to squirrel around your answer? Oh, like that was the answer. I will. Here's a reveal for you, which is that you all know how it is. Like two years in, I'm like. Jesus, I'm like, is the project gonna come out? I'm, you know, I'm. 100%. It's my, it's a baby of mine. I'm As like, you should it's gonna be come out. That. So I called Rachel, who is your bestie, yes. a couple weeks ago. Shout out Rachel Field. Shout out Rachel Field, and I was like, Rachel will, she will give me the truth, and she'll also like be caring in giving me the truth. And yes, I was she like, will. she's a boss too. She's a boss, and she was like, just call Monica and just be totally honest with her, yeah. and she will give you the truth, and that. Phone call happened like a couple weeks ago, yeah. and you did. And then we're just trying to protect your money. That's literally that's really, all yeah. it is. That's yeah. all it is. Like we yes. don't want you to have done all this work and make no money. So it's only singularly been exactly. about that. We think the show's great, and we would have loved to have released it immediately as well. But yeah. everyone's doing their part, right? Like it, you are doing your part in protecting your project and looking out for it and checking in and doing all the things. I'm doing my part. Dax is doing his part. Rob's doing his part. Like everyone's doing exactly what they should be doing. And that's great. Like, and there's inherent yeah. friction. It's, yes. It's going to be part there. Of the process. It's part of it. And yeah. everyone just has to accept it. And yeah. as long as you do, it's a great working relationship. You know, I've done a few, I have done another scripted project, same amount of episodes. And at a giant studio with like gazillion resources and budgets and all that stuff. And I will just tell you, this experience has been so much more enjoyable than that experience. Oh, that's nice. And for a million different reasons. And I, I bet it would surprise people also to just know how much your hands are in your business. Like you two. Rob, like, it's not like it's all of 10 That's other it. execs floating <laughs> yeah. around and shit. We're aiming for that. We're just not there yet. <laughs> yeah. No, you say that, that, but we can't. We yeah. can't. That's your baby, but this is our baby. Right. The whole thing is. And yeah. it's really too hard to even, even, I even thought recently, I was like, I think it's good enough. I don't think I need to go in and do the thing I do on every single show, which is yeah. just like, maybe we take out this word, which to me changes the whole, you know, I think I can let a little bit of that go. Mm. And then an hour later, I was like, no, I'm going to go in there and I'm definitely going to do the thing I have to do because I have to. Yes. Yeah. It's an uh, impulse. Yeah. It's right. It's like it's under protective. your skin. Yeah. 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 It's really good to have, uh, some geometry in the relationships here. You don't want, like you're attracted to people like yourself. It's tempting to get into bed with people like identical to yourself, but it's right. so great to have such different skill sets between sure. everyone in this room. Yeah, absolutely. You and I probably I not, shouldn't start a business. We have the same. <laughs> no, we've like burned some not. bridges together and stuff. <laughs> it would nothing would actually like get hurt. Happen. Yeah, yeah. You get really sensitive and be hurt <laughs> yeah. and light the whole place on fire. <laughs> yes, yes. Can I pull the thread on the? Um, I talked about where I'm at with masculinity today, but I do think that I would say gender is an element of this show. Again, it's 20 years ago, yeah. so 
gender is a lot more rigidly defined even then, like mm-hmm. very much so. And it's very clear in this show. It's like, here's the basketball boys, here are the cheerleaders. Yeah. And what I think is special here is like, there's a relationship here between a basketball boy, which is me, an artistic girl, which is Alicia. Mm-hmm. And we're really on other sides of the track at our high school. But like, we are so much in a friendship love. Like we're so much in a friendship love. And I really want as a basketball boy who also has the pressure of family and community and, you know, people looking at you and wanting you to be such a, like a tough boy. Yeah. I so much want to be like her. And I probably have spent the next 20 years trying to be more like her in, in a lot of ways. Oh, God, do I relate to that? Yeah, I'm not who I was at all. Mm. I would have liked to have just been sweet and talked about feelings with my male friends, but I thought I'd get murdered if I didn't learn how to be masculine. I just felt like I would get destroyed. I got right. destroyed at times. Right. I think you do have the added layer of, of blackness. There's the masculinity, and then there's yet another category altogether about like varying levels of blackness. and feels... <laughs> Extra cool, because I already know how rough just the masculine shit was, but then they have the added layer, which you're yeah. also navigating at all times. Yeah, and we we really get into it in the show in a way that I think adds to the show artistically and doesn't sort of distract from the entirety of the show. No, no, right. it would be insane to not be acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I'll just say one of the things that is a scene of the show that I don't think you get many places, which is very honestly and directly confronting the relationship between athletic black boys and white girls mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm from suburbia, you know what I mean? My high school was half white, 40% black, 10% what they were calling at the time other, which yeah. is just yeah, everybody yeah. else thrown into <laughs> yeah. a bucket. Speaking about feeling other, you actually labeled other. Right, literally, yeah, other. I had the experience of being a part of a small group of black kids, the basketball team, that was invited into the White Houses, the big fancy White Houses where I'm from, which is not the common experience for the black kids where I'm from. And that does something to your identity around making you feel like you're special in a way that's unhealthy and in a way that you try to steer into for the rest of your life so you can keep getting invited back into the club. And then high school already has that, like, this part I think is cool about high school. There's this wonder just about each other. Mm. You know, you see other people and you're growing into like adult-ish bodies kind of and you're watching each other shape into like real human beings. Yeah. And there's just this like, I, this is an example of a, someone who was in many ways very similar to me. Like there's a black guy on the basketball team named Brandon Driver. He's probably two inches taller than me. He's faster than me. He's stronger than me. He's a better athlete than me. He's the starting point guard. I'm the backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... To this day, I'm like, how can I be more like Brandon? Every day, there's a wonder about another person who just seems to be special in high school. And I think we capture that electricity about how you see someone who's different from you. And what you imagine their life to be. Yes. It's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, must be. It must be great. Yes. And then he's looking at someone, I don't know, he's looking at you like, why well, is every girl like this guy? I'm the fucking star of this basketball team. Right. But, 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 but he had the girls too. And I hated that. I hated that part. I was like, can I have anything, Brandon? He was cooler. He's taller. You know what I mean? He was better than me. He was, oh, he was so good. Oh, but. We all have one of those people. So this series, yearbook, will be an anthology. And so this is Chad's. And I can't imagine a better kickoff to it. I am curious, Monica. So everyone knows I would do seventh grade. Yeah. What would you? you do 
What will you do? I've thought about it a lot since we started this. It's really hard for me because I think mine also might be 11th grade. Is that the state championship? That was the first year we won state and... Football. Cheerleading. Oh! I won state. Monica, you're a cheerleader? High high flyer. High flyer. Two-time state champ. How did we get through this entire project and you didn't reveal to me you're a cheerleader? Okay. Still learning. All right. So junior and senior year were really big for me. But I I bet it was earlier than that where I established I have to be white. Mm. Was probably the time when I really cemented my identity, which was I'm sure earlier, so maybe even like 6th grade. Yeah, maybe the cheerleading's more the result of yeah, the Yeah, that's like that's accomplishing the, the yes, yes, yes. But the d- dive in was much earlier. I don't know, I have to think I have to think about it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. My last thought is when you went to interview everybody, you must have had some anxiety, especially because you're you're really tackling a very sacred event that needs to be done perfectly. Yeah. Were you shocked by any of the responses? I mean, for me, I was shocked immediately with how seemingly willingly everyone, which is probably a testament to her, everyone was pretty excited to talk about how much they loved her. Everyone was excited to talk about how much they loved her. Um, I'll, I'll start with sort of the... I don't know, the scary side of asking. I had to ask uh, the kid who was driving the car that yeah. crashed into a phone pole and killed her instantly if he would participate. I had yeah. to ask him multiple times. I was surprised that he didn't understand how meaningful she was to me. In fact, he barely even knew I existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that an blew my mind. That yeah. That did something to me around like, the story I've told myself about this whole thing, which is that this was such a story in my head about Alicia dying and the relationship that I had with Alicia, Chad specifically. Yeah. And and in these conversations, I came to understand Alicia was a special person who made everybody feel like they were that person in her life. Yeah, she had a bright light. Yeah, it was was humbling in that way. On the other side of this whole thing, I am still trying to understand death because of that, how that happened. It's really weird as a teenager when your friend just is like disappeared, gone. That's it. Like the last time you saw them, they were normal. And now you can't call them. You can't talk to them. Nothing. Yeah. And 20 years later, there were so many still unanswered questions that each person had about like, what does this all mean about life? What am I supposed to do with this still? As an example, one of the people who appears on the show, she lost her dad to COVID a couple years ago. She still doesn't know what to do with that. So I guess the surprise was just that we don't get any more certain as we get older. Yeah. We don't get the answer sheet. You're right. Think about when you're writing something and your computer crashes and you lose <laughs> the whole thing. Like, I think we've all had this oh experience. My God. Yes. The amount of time I will spend not accepting that. Yeah. Like, yes. hmm, I wonder if I, like, yeah. do I know a computer expert that will, <laughs> yeah. did it save, but it's not save? Like, I will just resist it. Yes. And then the next step is like, here's what I got to do in the future. I got to be backing up every five minutes. I, I know there's an auto set. Like, you, it's just gone and you can't accept it. And then you're thinking of all the ways you could have prevented it and then how you must prevent it in the future. And then that's just a fucking thing you wrote for an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, maybe Apple has it on a on, in the cloud somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't yeah. accept that. So how yeah, on earth do you accept fuck. that someone you love has disappeared into the ether? And and I think, you know, I think every school has the kid that dies. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's the car accident, there's the drunk driving thing, exactly. there's the suicide, the there's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was among the kids calling and leaving voicemails on Alicia's phone. 
you know, we had a big mural that went up in the school that people would like write messages to her. You know, you're like, you're a teenager. You're still trying to reconcile life and afterlife. And like, here I am 35, still trying to reconcile life and afterlife. So yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I want everyone to check this out because you do a really beautiful job. Uh, the other thing is you never know how vain someone's going to be when they go off to do a project like this. <laughs> and you, whatever vanity you have, you certainly left it uh, in New York when you went down back oh, to Maryland. You. Because <laughs> you let people talk about you in a way that I find really refreshing. <laughs> and I think you're incredibly honest about the path to discovery you're on. I it's really cool. It. Yeah. I appreciate it. We're excited for it. It's everyone so to good. Hear it's it. so good. I encourage everyone to take the ride with us. First episode is available right now. You could immediately listen to it after this on the Armchair Feed. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can subscribe and you'll get a new episode every Friday. Chad, I love you. Thanks for doing this. Love you all. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, everything. Mm-hmm.